0: Hey, this is Doug Jones. You might know me as the Silver Surfer or Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies or Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus, but right now you're listening to The Canned Air Podcast.
1: And welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley and I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to <laughs> talk about his graphic novel series, Amiculus, A Secret History, we have writer and creator Travis Horseman. Thanks for being with us, Travis.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
1: And happy 2017 to everyone here. Happy New uh, Year. It's needed. been amazing so far. It has it?
2: I guess so. It's a lot low. of amazing okay. things well, happened
1: in the past uh, look 24, look 48 hours. How died,
2: dare you come here with a positive attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Shut that
1: right down. Oh, man. Well, we've got a good show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about Rogue One. I know it's not del- delving too back into the uh, retro bin there, but yes. hey, come on. It's Star Wars here. We love talking Star Wars. Welcome and, uh, to our first in- ever contemporary <laughs> round table. <team. laughs> <Right. laughs> And uh, be warned, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, don't want to be spoiled. You might want to want to skip, what, about 20 minutes ahead. And shame on you. Right? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's... for shame. Then we're going to take a dive into the comic dump bin. What do we have, guys? What do you got? Three Swords. Ooh. Oh, nice. Nice. oh that was a uh, Think-A-Light. Love yeah. that. Yep. Anxious to hear about that. Jake, what about you? Atomic Robo. Oh, man. Ooh, Always love yeah. it when that comes through stuff. the doors. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Very cool. A few comics we'll be talking about there and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Travis and talk about Amicula. So, let's kick it off with this week's retro roundtable. Here we go.
0: Doom. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so before we delve into Rogue One, I think we need to touch on uh, the death of Carrie Fisher here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that was hard to hear. Yeah. I, that was devastating. I Oh, my God. It I, was hard enough
3: just to see that she had the heart attack It was in the hospital. Sure. And then the next I day, know. get hit with that She had
1: passed. Well, she wasn't the next day, was it? I mean, she it was uh, like two or three days before she would actually passed because she was okay. like in somewhat of stable condition oh, yeah, that's right. yeah, she the day before. The end, yeah. Celebrity
2: deaths never usually really hit me, but that one really did. Yeah, mm. And she was, what, 60? Yeah. 60, you know, yeah. Nothing like the age you would expect someone to die from something like that. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I think she led a pretty hard uh, lifestyle. Yeah. When, yeah. Uh, sure, it wasn't the, easy
1: for her. Yeah. Well, she was into a lot of uh, drugs and stuff in yeah. her, early on, too, so, I mean, you know, that'll do it to you, but... Yeah, it was just, I mean, I think of my first, one of my first crush, Leia in the golden Bikini. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you Talk know, about someone
3: you grew up with. That was right. probably, yeah. I mean, ever since I was around, Star Wars has been around as long
1: as I have, so. And just the, the three of them, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie yeah. Fisher, I don't the know. The Trinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they've just always kind of been there, and now they're not. At least, you know, we still have uh, some footage of them, and or of uh, her, rather, for Episode so 7 and, one, yeah. and 8. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's coming out, but... Um, yeah, anyway, just wanted to mention that really quick. So, uh Carrie Fisher rest in peace. Oh, and her mother, uh Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. Another show. That yeah. was so crazy how yeah. that
2: happened though right, right after.
1: Did you did any of you watch the 2020 um no, interview I I with uh Carrie Fisher's brother? No,
3: I think I saw some of it, but I didn't get that far into it.
1: He said that the day after Carrie had passed, he was talking to his mom and she just was like said to him, "I want to go be with Carrie," you know. Mm, and within yeah, half an hour, that she kind of fell over asleep due to a stroke and that was it mm. it's like it's crazy mm. it's heavy it is so uh rest in peace to the both uh debbie and carrie well moving past that let's touch on rogue one what do we all think let's start with uh travis here what'd you think of rogue one
0: i mean i gotta say i i feel like my my views are sort of in the in with the general consensus i i loved it uh i mean it's been called Uh, You know, it's I've seen it referred to as the uh, the the Star Wars prequel that really kind of adds to the original series. It enhances it. You know, it makes it deeper and more. uh, I mean, the stakes higher, really. And I I cannot disagree. I thought it was it's and it was hurt to watch, too, a little bit, especially uh, I saw it a second time after Carrie Fisher passed. And it was like a punch in the gut. That last scene, you know. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. tell
1: me about
3: it. So, I loved it. Yeah. I went home. Well, not the next. Not went home and watched it, but the next day I watched A New Hope. Yeah, God, yeah. it made it so much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah. It, did. It, it does. Vader being so pissed at the beginning of it, you're like, oh, got that, that nice right to strong
1: do. continuity. there Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> that that uh, scene at the end, too. I mean, as long as we're talking about the end already with, you know, the scene of Carrie Fisher right before that when uh, Vader is in that. Oh, uh, man. Uh, oh, loading hmm. hallway there. Yeah. I'd have paid full ticket price just for that yes, scene. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's totally yeah. worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. It was amazing. When
3: he had that guy in the ceiling and he swung the sab- saber up and cuts yes. it out, I was like, oh, yeah. I think that everyone heard me say that.
2: My favorite bit, he runs the guy through against the blast door. Yes. And the door opens yes. up and the saber cuts right there. Oh, my God. It this was, was the awesome. I, uh,
0: <laughs> see, if you ever need to jimmy a stuck door. <laughs> you were,
2: <laughs> Vader's
1: your guy. <laughs> I was in the back of the theater. I went to see it again today, and I was that scene and the scene where they showed Carrie Fisher. I sat there with my cell phone and catch, and <laughs> I had to—I've been watching him over and over since I left. Even the beginning of the scene
3: when— they're looking down the hallway, and it's dark, and then you just yeah, hear some he breath, is. and then it just lights up red. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had so many chills on oh, that My, That's ugh.
2: the best. And it, the, I love that scene so much, because when you got the little bit with, um, who's, who's Ben Mendelssohn's character's name? Krennic. Thank you. Yeah, when you when you get the, the, the scene with him talking to Vader on his magma death fortress, you know. Yes. I thought like, Oh, there it is, there's our Vader moment. He had his nice little conversation, he choked him a little bit, everyone's fine. And I thought like that was it. That'd right. be the last we see of him. And then you get this fantastic hallway massacre scene. Ugh. Ah. what do you think of his Arnold line? Arnold line.
1: I wouldn't choke on
3: my <laughs> inhibitions. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was a little, yeah, was a little uh, 80s catchphrase, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit.
2: Uh, he's been through a lot. Let's let him
1: have yeah. some fun. <laughs> I love that uh, seeing his
2: castle, though, his fortress, though. Yeah.
1: And I, I mean, I'm assuming we're all supposed to assume that's Mustafar. Yeah. It would have to be, yeah. right?
2: I mean, right. And then suspended in that
1: vat of fluid yeah. without his armor. I wish for like a split second, and this will kind of touch on one of the things I really liked about the movie. Uh, you know, when they're showing him in the back to tank, I wish we could have seen closer like his face mm-hmm. yeah. and been able to make out like the Hayden Christensen a little bit. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Not that I'm a huge fan of that, yeah, but, but I'm a fan of continuity and which was awesome to see Baylor Organa
2: in right. this yeah. film, yeah.
1: you know? And I know that really uh, cool. Disney hasn't said that they're going to distance themselves from those original three that, you know, are not fan favorites by <laughs> any means, but the fact that they are, you know, strong, you know, really tying them in,
2: I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I really like that. Making use of what's there, whether or not it's, you know, the best quality material. It's the use. story, regardless yeah, if we like it or not. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. They should have kept
3: it with Bale just standing there when they cut to him and said to him just all of a sudden, Oh uh, here I am
1: because <laughs> I was like uh. but I was like at the same time I was like sweet there's Bale yeah it, w- it was just really cool to see him with the uh, classic characters you know yeah. side by yeah. side so
3: I still can't get over how good they did with Mon Mothma the redhead Oh
2: I know she looked just like her yeah. just like her and then Tarkin oh yeah mm-hmm. you know I, I they did a good job with Tarkin yeah they did love Peter Cushing. God rest his soul. If I could bring back one terrifying Englishman, it'd be a toss up <laughs> between him and Vincent Price. But I think they really missed an opportunity because Charles Dance is a dead ringer for Peter Cushing. Is he? He looks so much like him. I I don't know. He might have been busy, might not have wanted to do it. They may have not even considered it. But you guys, have you watched Game of Thrones? You no. Mm. You remember Last Action Hero? Oh, yeah. He was the villain. The Ripper? I can't remember. If that was his, he there had was like the rogue, crazy eye. Oh my God, yes, yeah. yes. And now, like, today, older, he looks almost exactly like Peter Cushing. And it would have taken no effort at all for him to be that character. And I, I always thought to myself, like, even before I knew Rogue One would ever be a thing, I thought to myself, like, if he doesn't play Tarkin in some movie in the future, they're missing <laughs> an opportunity. And here was that shot, and there it goes. In At the very end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, when
1: uh, you're seeing all the, the final elements of the movie fall into place mm-hmm. where you watch Vader walk up with right. the Emperor and they're seeing the Death Star being put together, as that shot pans in on them from behind, you see yeah, an you officer see. come in from the left, say something, and then walk off. And, you know, they never officially say, but that's supposed to be Tarkin, right. I believe, yeah. just from the facial structure, I mean... I don't know. There would have been maybe a good guy to do it. Oh, sure. But uh, I don't know. The CG was good, I thought. I mean, you could tell it was CG. Mm -hmm. Sure. But uh, that and uh, one of the X-Wing fighters was CG, too. I don't remember which one it was. Was he? One of the pilots? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. From A New Hope.
3: Well, I know they took old footage from A New Hope. And stuff they didn't use, and used a couple. Really. Yeah, red right was, today. that was cool. red red one, leader, gold, maybe that gold was gold leader and red leader, both of them. I always get those calls signs that, the, up. the Southern accent,
1: yeah. Some yeah. I don't know. I I watched after hearing that. I watched today, and I could tell one of them, one of their faces was imposed, like for sure. Mm. It looked mm. like anyway. But anyway, what else we
0: like about it, Travis? Like I said, I've, I've been reading a lot about this, you know, sort of delving into it in the extraordinarily geeky way that I tend to do with things, I obsess about <laughs> them endlessly. I've read about, you know, a lot of the continuity changes that came with, you know, the the new, with, diz, with the Disneyfication of uh, Star Wars. Not all of them bad, necessarily. Um, and, you know, sort of the depth of character that just those scenes in particular added to darth vader were really kind of amazing i thought you know have i mean if that is in fact i mean i think it says some amazing things about some things that they explored with him by if they were changed his that planet to mustafar from whatever it was before you know sort of you know the place where he died and was reborn and you know what that still holds on him you know right just uh I, like I said, I think that it you know it broadened and deepened a lot of the uh, a lot of the interpretations of the characters and really just sort of laid some nice complexity for the entire uh, series.
1: I want to watch it again. Well, yeah. Now I get, now I kind of can. I, <laughs> I better not delve too deep into that though. Did you guys see Chopper from Rebels in it? Uh, yes, and the mm-hmm. the ghost actually too yeah. is in a space scene there. Yeah.
2: Something I really liked is they, they you know they're getting their preparing their assault on Scarif, and it's this nice, it's like this beautiful tropical paradise world, you know, or at least that part of it is, and I don't know, I'm just kind of like extrapolating this idea, it might not even be what they were going for, but I like the idea that the Empire would keep these beautiful planets almost for themselves, you know, it's like, Mm. I don't think there's much of a civilian population on Scarif, it's pretty much an Imperial installation. But it's like they, of course, they keep the nicest, prettiest, most serene worlds to use however they see fit, right. and you know. And then you see the the rebels on Jeddah and stuff, and that's Hoth, just a blasted yeah. landscape, yeah. And yeah. and think to yourself, it's like, yeah, you've got your military installations, <clears throat> but I bet you've got moths and commanders and admirals on vacation, you know, out <laughs> in their beach houses across. And right. It's, it's just sort of a you know, it's zinc oxide. Yeah, it's 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 ours, you know, the, the Empire.
1: Yeah, I, one thing that I was kind of disappointed about with uh, Episode 7 was the fact that Jakku looked exactly like Tatooine. I mean, I understand what they were going with, you know, they, with a familiar feel to try to win over those fans of the original. Because, you know, on top of it being a, a sequel to the original trilogy, it was also, if you look at it the right way, a remake of a right. Um But. I want to. I want to see more planets. I want to explore yeah. more of that galaxy. And so to see that planet that was nothing but like Caribbean tropical, right. and to, to see the stormtroopers and the ATATs in that atmosphere was really cool. Something new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's another thing is uh, seeing. You know, when you see the ATATs uh, in Empire, they're very claymation moving and stuff. And another big thing for Episode Seven for me when it came out was. That that teaser trailer when they showed the Falcon just flying through space. Yeah. We've seen the Falcon fly around so many times, but never with dynamic angles, never with like realistic looking wind drag on yeah. the ship and yeah. everything. It really brought it home. So to see those AT in this movie.
2: With that same kind of aspect, like negotiating, the, you know, pushing aside trees. Yeah, it reason. wasn't.
1: It wasn't like an obvious like claymation thing. This thing right. looked real, and it was enormous, and it was. It was
2: there. And there was a really <laughs> great shot where one of them was blown apart in the center. Where it had yes. that big opening with the cargo yes. doors, and it like crumpled yeah. inward. When I that happened, that I thought to test. myself,
3: they must have rethought their uh, engineering on that because that was probably a design flaw. So yeah, getting Seriously. hit because they weren't armored like, nearly as if much. If cool they're not going to so discover
1: the design flaw in <laughs> four big long
2: legs, they're not going to discover that one. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: so cool. Still not tactically advantageous oh, compared yeah. to like a tank or something. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, Did anybody have any problems at all with the movie? I had a hard time connecting with almost every character except K2SO. I like the droid. He was cool. Everyone else. It's not that I disliked them actively, but I, I just didn't feel much for them.
1: No, I totally understand. And maybe that was kind of the point, just because they were such short-term characters, right, yeah. but... Um, kind of archetypal. You know, they wanted
2: to keep the story going. I understand that. Right.
1: Um, Jen, for me, I mean, she was okay. She was no Ray. No, That's no, for sure. No. <laughs> um, she just had the same kind of look and stare on her face through the entire freaking <laughs> movie, and I you can never really gauge her emotion at times. The most
3: I felt for her was when she was watching her father's The Hollow. Yeah.
1: That was good.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was it, yeah. I, t- I think her change of heart, came a little fast for me maybe it's just because I was distracted I didn't see the gradual you know change to to the sort you know from like oh, I'm a rebel oh, nobody's cause oh, I live yeah. for myself don't look at the flag her whole analogy about looking down and shit which was cool but and all you? of a sudden we have to do this yeah it's like yeah. rebellions are built on hope Like what <laughs> happened in the last 10 minutes like you watch three people die and now you're super gung-ho for sacrificing yourself the blind guy and the
3: uh, his buddy with the machine. Yeah, man, that was. was cool. I love
1: those. Two they guys. were cool. Yeah, the, I, I'm so horrible with names. The main guy that was running around with Jin the whole time. The um, Cassian. Uh, or something yeah, like something like Andor, that. Cassian, Andor, Cassian, Cassian Andor, Andor. I wasn't yeah. big on his character, no, really. Same. I mean, nothing really gravitated yeah. me toward that character. Um, the only other really, I wouldn't even call them issues, but things that kind of irritated me were. Um, Three different things. First being the shot of being there being blue milk on the counter. <laughs> you counter. got that? That
3: was so in your face.
2: Oh, that's just <laughs> it. Yeah, you couldn't miss it. It's practically dripping <clears throat> down the
1: screen. Yeah. Now, when they did it in, uh, what was it, Attack of the Clones, you know, I think Padme comes in carrying a tray that has some on there. But it's just kind of left to be picked up at a later time. You know, it's not bringing it up to the screen and holding it out for you to see. Like it's a 3D movie or something. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the movie maker should have just leaned in from the side frame and be like, see what we did there? Did you, did you recognize this? You like, on like, Wayne's,
3: like on Wayne's World when he's talking about having a sponsor. <laughs> <Yes.
2: teams. laughs> it's <laughs> like there's some people who only do things for money. And that's sad. <laughs> and it's Brought to you, you by Blue Milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's my choice.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the same kind of thing for C-3PO and R2, standing at the uh, the gate yeah. there at Yavin just seemed kind of forced. OK, we get it.
0: Since you bring that up, I mean, some of the—I guess that was uh, an issue that I had. It was that things like that, the cameos and everything, made it hard to put together sort of a timeline of how they got to—you know, how everything flowed into A New Hope, I guess, you know? right. Um, I don't know this is it may be too much it may be me just worrying about too much worrying too much on the details but you know if everybody's you know everybody's leaving to attack Scarif and they're still on Yavin but they're on the Tantive 4 which was with you know it just like where did A reach oh. you know it, it made me wonder how how did everyone end up in that place um, just happen to it did, that, that was something that, that's bothered me a little bit
3: I didn't it even think little, about that. Yeah, that's a good it's point. A At first, you know, I was I mean, like, why did they put him in there? Because our, our c 3 was like, no, no, I don't ever know what's going on. But then you watch New Hope, and he's still clueless in it, so it kind of made right. it fit together a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> a
1: little yeah. bit. There, there was one more cameo that really kind of pissed me off, and that was, I don't know their names, but Pig Nose and Ass Face, as yeah. I like to call them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: It's
2: like, what are they doing
1: there? <laughs> that was just too much. I mean... It was a pointless cameo.
2: I don't think we needed that. And, I guess it's a good thing and, they got out of Dodge before the planet cracked yes, like an it egg. Is. You
1: know? And, yeah, quickly, too. Like, they got out of there. I was at Best Buy the other day, and I got to talking to the cashier about that same scene, and he... <laughs> Kind of started battling me a little bit. as well, he had plenty of time to get in his ship and get out of there. I was like, whoa, oh, what? whoa. And it was raining <laughs> chucks
2: of the crust and
3: upper mantle, you <laughs> right. know? They must have been on their way to the ship, wouldn't he when they used if to you
1: wanna, If you want to get technical, uh, yeah. I guess so. But, yeah, I mean, after it showed them and after their run-in, the camera just kind of froze on them a little too long. Mm-hmm. For like, me, so you no, know, you know who they are. You know who they
2: are. Yeah, did you, did you, you see, see what that? we did? <laughs> did? You see what we did?
1: Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: First, we gave you the blue milk, now you got your pig nose and ass face. Come on, we we'll do everything.
1: <laughs> well, they, they just don't give us enough uh credit, I think, with those kind of little scenes, you know, yeah. like we have to put yeah. the blue milk
2: right in the center they of the could screen, have, they could have just passed by with no interaction. And the whole theater, I was going to be like, "Oh, there they are. yeah, you know, yeah. Like that would have been sufficient." It, that would have felt a, a little better. Yeah, you know,
1: the blue milk could have been on the counter, off in the background. They yeah. need to be in the front. C three PO and R two, <laughs> maybe chilling with Chopper over there, sure. just so you couldn't catch them at a glance. Why do we have to focus on them? I'm just bitching now. <laughs> it was an awesome movie, though. That- yeah. Oh, oh it yeah. Was, yeah. No, it was really good. It was really good. Wouldn't it, mind seeing it again. Yeah, it put me in a Star Wars mood that I wasn't expecting to be in right. this movie. When Fish Face says, bring
3: in the, the Hammerhead Corvette. Oh, that <laughs> I was cool. like, Oh, and Misty <laughs> looked at me, Sweet. she's like, what? I was like, nothing, nothing. And see that thing come in and ram that Star Destroyer.
2: Oh, I was loving it. That was awesome. <laughs> that was totally awesome. I love Star Destroyers, you guys. Because yeah. there's like no artifice to the design. There's nothing fancy. It's just yeah. like, what do you want it to look like, my lord? Like a Big knife. Big space knife makes scary. Sp- yeah. You know, it's just like pointy and dangerous and it's covered in guns. It's beautiful. It's the ultimate, yeah. like, imperialist ship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. Anything else, guys, on that?
0: Well, I personally would love to see the half of a movie that they didn't show. You know, the, the 40 scenes or so that we never got to see that they reshot.
3: Oh, I didn't even hear about that. That'll probably be on the Blu-ray in a couple months. Hope so, yeah. I mean, like
0: all the stuff in the trailer, like the you know Jin and the Tie Fighter and all that stuff.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. When she's walking at the and, you know, the catwalk at the end to uh, hit the release, and the Tie Fighter is supposed shows up right in front
1: of her.
0: And, whole, and all those all those great lines Saw Gerrera had, but he, never,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a cool character. I really enjoyed him. Oh, too. you know that reminds me if we've got the time for you it, this it. little thing. He had his little, um, you know, his little his mouthpiece yeah. that he was drawing from, and the first time he uses that, the sound is kind of reminiscent of Darth Vader's, yeah. like, respirator. Yeah. Whether or not it's just because when you... you know, that's, that's just the what the sound... Then, is then, yeah. Right, but I was thinking, when you see him walking up, he's got prosthetic, like, mechanical legs. Mm-hmm. right? So whatever he's breathing in, I almost think that's the same substance it's, it's something that facilitates the interaction between a mechanical limb and the like biological body Your body fight And it he off. can he can breathe it in now and again and he's golden but Vader needs this constant supply cuz most of his body has been replaced yeah. at this point I don't know if that's anything at all or me just connecting things that don't connect but hmm could be
1: Yeah
3: Something to know. look
2: forward to when you get turned into a half-robot. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> don't make me wait, technology. Come
1: on. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think we'll just uh, call it right there. That was fun. A uh, good movie. I can't wait to yeah. have the Blu-ray. I want to see that, uh, that extra footage. It sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's take a dive into the comic dump bin. Who would like to go first this week? Jake hasn't been around for a long, long time. That's true.
2: Let's do it, Jake. All right, gentlemen. Um, for this week, I'm talking about a comic that's been like in my peripheral vision for a long time. I've heard amazing things. I've had multiple people tell me, hey, you know, take the plunge. You're going to love this comic. It's right up your alley. And I've either forgotten about it or I couldn't make the time. And, you know, it's it's not new by any stretch. But uh, I've only just got into it that 's atomic Robo mm. and it 's fucking awesome yeah, I love it it 's got everything I love it 's got anachronistically advanced technologies in the 20s and 30s it 's got snarky robots it 's got nikola <laughs> tesla it 's got it all it 's got Nazis and science and magic and amazing stuff and uh, I, I almost overnight I became obsessed with it. And um, I've been reading things a little out of order and doing, like, like, research around the edges of the stories to get a feel for, uh, you know, how everything fits together. And uh, what I jumped into was a, uh, a mission where this robot, the title character, I suppose, is sent to a secret Nazi base in the Himalayas to stop a uh, Baron von Helsingard from implanting himself with some artifact, some magical biological organ, looks like a heart, that will supposedly give him power to manipulate time and space. And he's reluctant to do it. There's a conversation between the robot and some uh, military official, a general or some such. He says, you know, it's like, we, this is our last opportunity to stop him. We don't understand what he's capable of. You know, we need to cut it off now. We've located him. Who knows how long before he relocates? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not interested. And he's like, is that you talking or Tesla talking? And he's like, our interests align on this matter. And, and he says, I can offer you the one thing he can't recognition and full benefits as an American citizen and living being. Mm. And that pushes him over the edge. He's like, all right, fine. So in the eyes of the government, he is now a a human being. He is no longer property. As long as he goes in and assassinates this Nazi scientist. And it's great because he gets airdropped inside this, like, it's like a bomb with drills affixed. It's like a bunker buster that carries a person inside. I would imagine only a robot. I feel like your average person isn't <laughs> so isn't gonna survive the impact. Up, yeah. yeah. But it just blasts through <clears throat> layer after layer of concrete and walls and stone into this secret mountain layer. Uh he emerges, holds out this like he's got like a clipboard, he's like Baron von Helsingard, you're under arrest for, oh, such and such experimentation on willing subjects, crimes against humanity. Wow, this is a lot of atrocities. I'm going to skip the rest of this. And by then, all of his, you know, soldiers surrounding him, they unload their weapons. They can't put a dent in him. You know, he's way too powerful. So they start, like, grabbing onto him and trying to drag him down. And the next few panels are him making his way slowly throughout the base dragging like a dozen soldiers who are clinging to him <laughs> and he pulls a grenade off his belt and he's like oh no a grenade i hope my clumsy robot fingers don't do something stupid like oh there goes the pin and he drops it right next to him and the soldiers disperse and of course he's fine it doesn't affect him but you know it's blowing away soldiers it, he ends up confronting the scientist who manages to get the organ implanted and integrated and he's levitating and shooting bolts of energy and stuff and And, uh, the robot pulls this, this, some Tesla scientifical masterpiece, you know, some, some impossible machine, some lightning firing weapon, looks really cool, blows off the Nazi's arm, which regenerates instantly, and and the doctor's like, it's like, you'll never defeat me so long as I have the power of the... It's like the Vril organ or something implanted within me. He's like, is sure thing Baron Von declare your weakness in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Blasts him in the chest, uh, sets off a chain reaction. The mountain base is destroyed. Atomic Robo escapes. And it cuts to um, the Baron under a pile of rubble, muttering to himself, revenge, revenge, revenge and then it fades out and smash cuts to this robot with a brain in a jar waking up like revenge (laughs) so like his consciousness is being planted and uh, oh it's great I can't wait to go further into it because everything I've seen so far I've been all about awesome stuff I'm glad I took the time
1: I think he jumps around through all different aspects of time like like the old west and functionally immortal yeah 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 yeah. that's awesome atomic rubu awesome stuff love it Travis would you like to go next
0: yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to talk about something. Um, I mean, just uh, just recently, this is, uh, I mean, everybody's familiar with uh, big, one of, uh, you know, my comic shelf gets, a lot of stuff comes and goes, but like, I like to focus on the, there's the series that I come back to again and again for one reason or another. And uh, one of those, uh, if you remember Warren Ellis's Transmetropolitan.
2: Oh my God. Don't even get and- me
0: started. I love that song. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Oh, it's a great thing. I love <laughs> Transmetropolitan. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first comic I shared on the Dump In when you guys brought me onto the show. Was it really? It was. Yeah, that was familiar, my very yeah. first. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Please continue. I love.
0: Oh it. no, no problem. Uh, and um, you know, certain events, I guess, recently uh, in uh, November, uh, had me, you know, feeling a little down. <laughs> and uh, I know that this was uh, this. I mean, this is a this is a pretty. Uh, I mean, I, I for some reason, I felt like I hadn't read it in a while. I revisited it, and I thought that it was just going to make me feel like shit because, oh, I'm sorry, can I cuss? Can yeah, oh, go curse? ahead. Please do. Uh, I, I thought that it was just going to be like, oh, I don't want to wait around in that, but it was amazingly cathartic, actually. And, I mean, just with, you know, just sort of watching, just, just being able to watch a character, I feel like going through very much a lot of the same sort of situation a lot of the same sort of society and everything that we are right now and just just nihilistically trash it you know but with a purpose uh i guess if you will and i mean it was just it was it was really very cathartic for me reading this again and i i like i said i thought it was going to just you know just just watch him go through that entire thrash against uh president callahan again
2: There's and like the bowel piece. disruptor and all
0: the bowel disruptor <laughs> yeah. oh my god i would have a wall of those if i could you know the
2: greatest <laughs> the fictional ultimate... weapon of all time
0: <laughs> oh man Rectal volcano, it is. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no. Plan your daily movement was one of (laughs) those. Oh, man. But, um, no, I mean, that was one that it it gained a whole new significance for me and just felt like, especially after this last year, oh my God, I'd like to take a bowel disruptor to 2016 if I could. (laughs) So, you know, just, you know, it was was a great book to read in sort of. It's like a big middle finger to the last year.
2: <laughs> well, 2016 deserves a big middle right, finger. Yeah. If you ask I'm me, I'm completely with you there. The the vibe is perfect. You know, the world's gone to shit. Whatever, may as well laugh about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's mine.
1: Well, very good, man. One more time. What was the title? Of that. Trent, I'm sorry. You should, you should, you should.
0: Transmetropolitan,
1: Warren Ellis. I'm sure this will come up again in the yeah. show sometime. Mm-hmm. As things so. always tend to do, like uh, Atomic Robo. How many yeah. times have we talked about that That's one? Been That's a couple one. of times. Yeah, too. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'll have to look into that one. Oh, dude, so worth it. Do you have it? <laughs> uh, no, I gave my copy to a friend. Oh, how convenient. I know, right? How convenient. I don't think he ever had. I don't think he. Now either. we're
3: not on speaking <laughs> oh, You know what? Fuck <laughs> you. <yeah. laughs> All right, uh, Jack. You want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. <clears 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 I've got, from Think Like Productions, uh, the Three Swords comic. It's about the Three Musketeers. And basically, the the only reference I have from the Three Musketeers is the Disney movie with... Uh, what's his name from 24? Charlie Sheen and Oliver Platt.
1: I've never seen that one. No. Good no, movie. I
3: uh, Chris O'Donnell, too. Robin was in it. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good for him.
3: But uh, the Three Musketeers were... <laughs> From what I understand, they were always outlaws, basically. They were...
1: Kind of like a Robin Hood
3: kind of... Kind of, yeah. There was the Musketeers, which protected the king, but they were three outlaws. In that movie, it had to do with the cardinal was trying to overflow, overthrow the crown, and they didn't want to do it, so they got shunned. But in this, hmm. it's it seems like the, they're still part of the, the Musketeers. They're just three good buddies. And in the comic, they're, they're not in the same place. They're all aramis is in in the, the castle and they're starting to get attacked and it turns out that this woman that was found to be a witch and banished to be executed ended up turning her executor to work for her and she's coming back to take over the castle or to kill the queen and was it aramis i think one of the, the musketeers is there when the battle starts and he goes and finds the other two and it it basically that's the end of the comic it was a real quick read Hmm. But the artwork's really good, and it's got a, it's set in the past in history, like real life history, but it's got that little bit of fantasy in it, so there's actually magic and stuff.
1: Oh, so okay. So it gives it
3: a little little bit of a twist that makes it a little bit better. Artwork's freaking awesome, though.
1: This mm. is from uh, Ruben Romero and... Yep. Story by,
3: story is written by Ruben Romero and Bob Sally from oh, Salvatore. So those oh, two guys got there together you go. writing. Uh, Bob's inks. got it figured out.
1: Yeah, that's a name that uh,
3: demands respect. Drawn, fi- drawn by Raff- Raphael Samaro Alessandro miracle I got some bad names in here. <laughs> <laughs> and lettered by H.D.E. That's a- H.D.E.?
1: Howard Where else have I seen Heddenburg.
3: that? I've that's seen that somewhere else, haven't I? H- I don't know if it's a he or she, but it's pretty popular with indie comic letter.
1: Wasn't that the same one that uh, was in... Uh- Oh, I just talked about a week or two ago uh, with the bug that latches on your back. Yes, yes,
3: yeah. Uh, Judas breed. Judas yes. breed. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, they <laughs> lettered that one too. I don't know if it's a him or she.
1: Wow, it's a small world after all.
3: Yep. Uh, yeah, three swords. I don't know how far along the next issue's coming because it just I just got it from the Kickstarter uh, about a month or so ago.
1: Okay, very so cool. That was a
3: good time. Fast read though. That was the only the
1: only drawback on it. I'll have to hit those guys up, get them back on the show sometime. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Well, my comic is a uh, internet web comic I found. It's called Innovation. And uh, it's at innovationcomic.com. But uh, it's a pretty cool premise behind it. It's uh, all every, every chapter. There's a new chapter released every either week or month. I don't remember how often they're released. But each chapter is written by the same person. And this is uh, Wes Loke, Locker. How do you pronounce that name right oh, yeah. there? I'd say Locker. Wes Locker, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, you can check him out at WesLocker.com. But, uh, yeah, like I said, he writes them all, but every week or every month, however often they post, each posting is illustrated by different artists, which I found to be really cool. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool angle. But uh, the comic series is pretty much about a corporation called the RDSL, the Radical Development Scientific Lab, and uh, just their advancing technology and science into questionable areas. So that's my dream. It, it spoke to me like that, like, ooh, okay, this is kind of cool. So I decided just to kind of read a uh, random chapter. Each chapter ranges yep. between four to six pages. They're not, uh, it's not a big commitment. You know, you don't have to sit right. there and read page after page. So you can uh, get in and get out really quick. <clears throat> but uh, the one I wrote called Compliance starts with these two Android. Uh, two androids sitting at a table in what looks to be like a a police interrogation room staring at each other the one says i love you sandra and which is the the male the male android talking to a female one across the table i love you too jerry and they're sitting there just having this uh artificial intelligent conversation now behind a mirror are two scientists watching them and they're uh Talking about, you know, you think we'll ever get these things to pass as humans? Why? They're trying to get them to pass as humans they haven't said. I mean, just for pure the, the, name of science, I'm guessing. But uh like, well, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see how you know, trials go, yada, yada. But he goes, uh, let's mix things up a little bit. And he pulls out, like, a personality. Like It looks like a flash drive, but it has a different, like, characteristic of a personality. And he pulls out one that says aggression on it. And he plugs it in the databank and he said, Let's, you know, this will spice, spice our evening up. Let's watch see what happens with these two. And then again, these two androids are sitting there pretty much in love with each other, telling each other how much they love and each other. And as soon as this chip's entered, they start getting thoughts of aggression and they just start violently attacking each other, <laughs> <laughs> breaking the table apart, breaking each other's limbs off. And eventually the female one kills the male android. And the two scientists kind of stretch, like, oh, well, that was entertaining, you know. Let's go get some coffee. <laughs> and they're walking away from their post, you know, which is facing that mirror. And she comes busting through the mirror. Says, you made me kill, you know, Jerry. And I loved him. So, like, even though she didn't want to, the the program made her. She mm. was actually feeling, like, authentic love for oh, this thing. Mm. But uh, that's where it ends. Uh, not all of these chapters go together i mean some of them are standalones but i have found other chapters that uh, continue this one in particular and uh it's a pretty cool ride so check it out Innovationcomic.com. they're on twitter at innovation Comic. and uh again uh westlocker.com that's w-e-s-l-o-c-h-e-r.com all right and with that behind us let's just turn our full attention over to travis horseman and talk more about amiculus thanks for being with us travis
0: Absolutely. Thanks so far. Yeah, great. Thank you. So go ahead
1: and tell our listeners all about Amiculus. It seems to me, I mean, what I've gathered from it is uh, Amiculus is a character who seems to kind of be pulling the strings behind the uh, the fall of Rome. Is that right?
0: To a certain degree, yeah. Uh, Amiculus, uh, let me just, I guess uh, <laughs> the elevator pitch is kind of what I've been relying on really, really <laughs> shortly here. Uh, Amiculus is sort of... Uh, uh, it's sort of a, it sort of positions itself as a lost history of the fall of Rome from the point of view of Rome's last emperor, the Western Empire's last emperor, who was, in fact, a 12-year-old boy named Romulus. And it purports to tell the story of how the empire really fell, which uh, was, like you said, it was orchestrated sort of behind the scenes by a mysterious figure known only as Amiculus. And uh, it's uh, something, it's the the story sort of goes back and forth between the fall of Rome and 60 years later, when a historian is trying to piece together what happened, and he discovers this history, and this is in the middle of the Romans are trying to take Italy back from the barbarians. Uh, They're trying to reconquer the West, and so he's trying to learn how it fell so it won't happen again, and then... He learns things that he probably would rather not know about what actually happened.
1: We got to take a little bit of a look at it, not too in-depth online there, but uh, my God, I mean, the art and the story tend to complement each other very well, very thick with uh, different like heavy plots and stuff going on. Uh, yeah, it seems like something uh, that should be on AMC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you, and I mean that in a uh, very positive way. I hope you take that as a compliment. Betrayal and intrigue. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly.
0: I will definitely take that note. <laughs> the, um, the it's a three part series, and I uh, I wrote it initially as one book, but uh, and but that was uh, I broke it into three parts because one book at the length that it was it's it's going to be nearly two hundred pages once it's done would have been difficult to uh, to fund. So I broke it. In, it broke it broke up the best into three parts, and I kickstarted each one of those uh over the last few years and the final volume the third volume is going to be coming out this june in june
1: now that was just uh, successfully funded on kickstarter this past
0: fall right yes it was and it was a close run thing it was very exciting <laughs> <laughs> very close run thing
1: yeah i'm sorry we couldn't uh, get you on any sooner to help promote that but it seems like you didn't really need it you got there anyway so congrats to well you. it ends well yeah <laughs> exactly now, why Thank did you. why did you decide to do a uh, story on the fall of Rome? What
0: inspired this? Well, it's kind of it, this is a story that I originally wrote uh, in like years ago. I wrote it back. I wrote it in college. It was started out as a ten page play, actually. Really? And yeah, and uh, I mean. There's just something so fascinating about the idea that the actual final emperor of the Western Empire was this pathetic boy, like this completely powerless puppet that um, he was so unimportant that he wasn't when 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 the barbarians overthrew his his father was basically ruling through him. And when they overthrew and killed his father, he was so unimportant that they didn't even kill him. They banished him. Off to a retirement with a pension and he completely disappeared from history no one even knows when he died and that was the interesting part Yeah, you know there is so much more there potentially to tell than what history actually does you know lots of things to fill in like what if he knew a different version than any of the rest of us do that was lost to history you know what if there was a, a secret motive behind everything that happened that we'll never know and you know this it laid the groundwork for some really nice, uh, a nice conspiracy mystery, uh, epic conspiracy story.
1: That's awesome when uh, artists do that. Uh, kind of going back to the comic Jack was talking about in the dump bin, taking uh, like an old story and. I don't know. Maybe that's not the same thing. Taking the old story and uh... true
3: history, and giving it that little bit of a twist. Uh...
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember we had a we talked about a series, something about Jack the Ripper, where they took the actual history of Jack the Ripper and uh, had like written a whole another story for that mm. character. Like there was a reason he was murdering these people. I don't remember. From Hell
0: was Alan Moore's From Hell because that was Jack nineteen seventy nine. That's what it
3: was. What it was, yeah. it was yeah. like Jack okay. R- the Ripper in seventy nine disco. Okay. Time or
0: something. Like that. It was. Oh, you're talking about a movie. <laughs> you're
1: talking about a movie. No, um, no, no. This was a. Uh, this was an actual comic. I, I just don't remember a lot of. It was a long time ago. But anyway, <laughs> I guess the point I'm just trying to convey is always a winning combination when you uh, take
2: factual historical events and then uh, wrap some uh, fiction around them. I love that. And you know, it's like so much of our understanding of the past is like framed by negative space. It's mm-hmm. like what we infer from what we don't know. So you've right. got this really nice open area to play around with ideas. and you know, right. I, I like the idea of creating a, a, a history that's, like, congruent with what we understand to be, you know, like, true quote-unquote. Right. You mm. can essentially do what you please with that. It's a great concept.
0: Definitely. It was a lot of fun to write, I'll tell you. Yeah.
2: I was just gonna say, there's this proud tradition of idiots and child emperors and I think child emperors come in all kinds of ages. You get the actual 12-year-olds, and then you get the 35-year-olds who act, act like 12-year-olds. <laughs> you <know>? yeah, it's-
1: <laughs>
2: so that's, that's something that always fascinated me, is that they'd have these frameworks in place that protected the powerful so well that even these total imbeciles could maintain power until they were assassinated.
0: You know?
2: I was uh, One of the questions I had written down here to ask you was if there was going to be any volume
1: four, but it sounds like this is a contained story within your three volumes.
0: Well, this is an arc, actually. Um, I mean, it, it, there is potential, and I actually have uh, another series arc uh, planned for the character. Uh, once this is now, that once this one is finished, uh, it's sort of um, since it, it's kind of weird. The chronology is kind of weird because it goes back and forth between two periods, sixty years apart. Um, the Idea that I am working on for the next arc would be some an, another event in between those. Uh, after the fall of Rome, when the barbarian, it what happens basically what happens to the person who overthrew this emperor, something similar happening to him. Basically, it's it's something that I'm uh I'm still working out the details, but it's sort of uh. And I I, I mean, I can't really go into it too much because there is sort of a surprise ending at the end of there's sort of a a, sort of an unveiling of this big secret at the end of Amiculus that you need to know in order to go into the next one. So I can't really go into that too much. But uh, the, the tentative title for it right now is Amiculus, King of Italy.
1: Well, you're going to have to let us know when that uh, starts coming to fruition. You know, if I'm assuming you're going to be crowdfunding that one as well. Uh, so, you know, when it does come to fruition, let us know. We'll get you back on the show.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Now you uh, you're pretty heavy on the uh, con circuit, right? I do probably I've uh, not as heavy as I could be. I mean, I averaged like maybe one a month this past year, which was almost too heavy for me. Uh, I'm <laughs> probably. Uh, I, I want to maybe cut back and uh, focus on more of the, uh, you know, the agent publisher uh, route uh, going forward. But, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I really enjoy the shows. I think that uh, where did we, which show did we encounter each other at? Which one was that? Was that uh, PIX?
1: That was Tricon, uh, Tricon Ohio 2015, right?
0: Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be going back to uh, Tricon in, uh, I don't think they're going to be doing another Ohio Tricon, but I will oh, be I going did. back, yeah. to, was, I will be going back to the one in uh, West Virginia.
1: Oh, okay. Man, they need to come back. That was a, that was that cool was a great show. I loved that show. I wonder why they uh, aren't doing it again. They must have had, not had a good turnout Maybe. or something.
0: Oh, well. we can I didn't get, I there. don't know if they're planning or not. I, I didn't. Get I thought they might—I got the sense they were kind of disappointed with turnout uh, for the Ohio one, but uh, hard to say.
1: Mm. Well, we can hope and pray they come back. Yeah. Now, the artist you have illustrating this book, uh, the work was gorgeous, and he's worked on some bigger titles, correct?
0: Uh, yes, he has. Um, he— um He's done uh, work with uh, both Marvel and DC on uh, recognized characters, Spider-Man, Iron Man. Uh, he was he had a run on uh, Batman 66 pretty recently. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, he uh, he's done a couple of projects. Uh, you know, Jimmy Palmiati. He's done a couple of projects with him from 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 Marvel. Wow. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's. Wow. He's always busy. He's, he's, uh, and uh, numerous European, uh, books. He's been in comics for 30 plus years or more. Uh, and he's, he's fantastic to work with. Giancarlo Caracuzzo is his name, just in case you, uh, were wondering about the pronunciation, but, uh, he's, uh, from Italy, he's from Rome and a wonderful guy. Uh, you know, I've, met in the four years that we've worked together i've met him twice in person. i was actually just in rome met with him and his family this summer oh, wow. um and terrific guy really loves the project and uh just couldn't ask for a better partner really
1: it'd be cool to uh, go meet your artist over in in rome you know the setting <laughs> for the book <laughs> yeah really cool man that's awesome now, uh, people can go to your website, uh, again, that's uh, com, and they can actually check out, I think it's like a 28 page preview, uh, the first 28 pages of volume one. Is that right?
0: Uh, 20 pages, but I mean, no, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a 20, it's the first 20 pages of the, uh, of, uh, of the series. Uh, this, I also have the, uh, the script there in case anyone wanted to check that out for like how I put things out but yeah it's free to be sampled uh downloaded uh yeah check it out and uh the uh volumes one and two are both on amazon for sale as well there's a link there on my site for that as well
1: there you have it and we're going to be linking all this stuff on our website as well and now you're on twitter as well right i am what's your handle yeah. there
0: uh just at travis horseman
1: At Travis Horseman. There you go. So, uh, yeah, all things we're going to be pushing again. But uh, for our listeners, if you want to follow Travis, check him out. uh, There are the outlets to do so. Or, again, just go to our website. So, Travis, thanks again for being with us today.
0: Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights,
3: guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Check out some videos on our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page.
1: Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And uh, yeah, what else we got? A YouTube channel. Lots of cool stuff happening there. We haven't added anything new in a while, but mm-hmm. uh,
2: summer's coming. Summer's yeah. coming. It's <laughs> going to be a big year. <laughs> we, we always
1: get uh, crazy ambitions come summer, don't we? <laughs> Here
2: come the projects. Right. I'm so excited for all the projects. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get
1: 30, 35% finished in the minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a few I want to get done this year. So uh, hopefully that gets done. Uh, also, go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a comment. It helps us out more than you know. Please, please. And be sure to stay. Stick around at the end of the episode here. We're going to be playing the last of the three songs that we're going to be playing for the band Hale Sagan called "Justice Secret. Uh, this is my, by far my favorite of the three that uh, they sent us to play. So Awesome track. Yeah, definitely stoked to have it at the end of our episode. But uh, yeah, you guys can check out Hale Sagan at HaleSaganOfficial.com and on Twitter at HaleSaganBand. You will not regret it. So, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Dort, Jake
0: Runyon. And Travis Horseman. Yes. <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Got a I don't know how.
1: another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? was. Let's go outside. Alright. Hey, kids! Oh my god, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe
3: character ever made. That's right! I heard you guys were gonna go outside! Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get some scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air Game Store, Video Store, and Comic Book Store.
0: Yay! With CandyAirPodcast.com,
1: we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know,
3: and knowing is half the battle.
0: You remember when you were uh, just a little girl, you wouldn't uh, ever perform, sing. You you always shied away, and I always said, I loved you to sing because you have a great voice. But you wouldn't do it And then um, I went to New York And I did a uh, play called Irene And there was a song I wanted you to sing Called You made me love you I didn't want to do it I did I didn't want to do it You made me want you And all the time you knew it I guess you always knew it You made me happy sometimes Always You made me glad but there were times, dear I made you feel so bad It's true But then there was a song you picked out that I, I, I thought about it for 30 years
2: I stopped singing for 30 I finally decided to sing no, when you did that
3: Happy days
2: are here again The skies above are clear again
1: So let's
0: sing a song
1: of cheer again, happy days are here again,
2: all together.